Today has been a quite eventful already. I was surprised by a knock on my door. It seemed like the entire city was standing in front of my house. Normally, when the crowd is gathered, it's because they have some petty grievance about my work. But this time, they were celebrating! Welcome to League of Lore, a podcast about the lore of League of Legends and other properties set in the Rintaran universe. I'm your host Jacob, or Scold Soldiers, and let's get into it. Now today we're going to be talking about a very, very important character in the broad scope of Piltover's lore. However, we're going to brush up on something real quick. While this character is very important for Piltover's lore... The lore on the character themselves is very limited, that character being Heimerdinger. Now, if any of you have watched Arcane, you'd be kind of shocked by this, because Heimerdinger is a fairly prominent character in that show. He has major roles throughout every single act and every single episode where he is involved. Whether or not he's part of the main plotline involving Jinx or Arvai is... Not He's not as prevalent in that circumstance, but in terms of the actual setting itself, he is very prominent. But in League of Legends canon, he is not quite as proficient in his lore in that sense. So, in order to make up for that, I'm going to do some small speculation about the broader scope of his character in canon League of Legends, just to flesh things out a bit. But we're still going to be focusing on what we have in canon itself. But I will broach the the differences between Arcane Heimerdinger versus Canon Heimerdinger in the second half of the show. So, like I said, there's very little canon lore for Heimerdinger. But what we do have is that Heimerdinger was always an inventor slash scientist in his home dimension city. It's kind of complicated and wibbly wobbly of Bandle City. Because Heimerdinger is a Yordle. And as I originally described all the way back, I think in like episode one of the show, that Yordles are kind of like, think like fey-ish creatures like we would have in uh, like our real mythology that we have. But it's a bit more complicated than that. The best way to understand them is that they are essentially sentient motes of spiritual energy slash magic that have an actual, like, form, consciousness, and being. That's essentially what Yordles are. That's why wherever they exist in Runeterra, they begin to morph and adapt to better reflect the realm that they exist in, or the culture they're surrounded by. But Heimerdinger, even before he left Bandle City, was always kind of an inventor, according to his canon lore. That was kind of his whole thing. And as and so that means that some of these characters already had certain characteristics that may drive them to go to certain places in Runeterra, and then that culture reflects back onto them, and it kind of compounds on itself, making them more and more like the characters we recognize in modern League of Legends storyline, in the modern League of Legends storyline. So, for Heimerdinger, in his case... Basically what happened was he decided to leave Bandle City because Bandle City itself is not as open to technological advancements because it is very spiritual and magical and all that stuff, so they found it a little weird. 
And so Heimerdinger left for Runeterra proper and specifically Piltover and Zahn, but he's mostly in just Piltover. In fact, I think he's only in Piltover according to the little bit of lore we have. And while in certain stories we have like the Paint the Town comic, it shows Heimerdinger kind of like hiding his true nature of being a Yordle because in that comic, uh, Piltover is kind of described as this very anti-magic, anti-Yordle um, society, like the kind of racist towards Yordles. But that does not seem to be the case anymore. There's a lot of evidence now that Yordles just kind of exist out in the open in Piltover. And maybe even other locations as well, but specifically Piltover. So it's a bit unclear whether or not Hymenir is actually hiding his true self, and what we're seeing is just what's actually there. But considering that in the Legends of Runeterra card game, we literally have a card that has a statue of Heimerdinger in it, and it's the University of Piltover card, because he's the head professor there, it's hard to, like, really make all that fit together now. So we have to assume that Yordles are just accepted in Piltover, at least when it comes to Heimerdinger. And why this is important is because it means that Heimerdinger is able to be more out in the open with the crazy technological advancements he's made, such as various different, like, turret contraptions, missiles, um, various other technological marvels. And in one card art, he eventually makes a giant robot T-Rex. Uh, it's a clear that that's actually a thing he made, but it's a kind of a funny image to think this little tiny, like, three-foot-tall Yordle creates a giant uh, T-Rex mecha. That's really funny to me. But the important part of him is that it's obviously he has some import in Piltover. He has he's of some import in Piltover. That's like the main thing we have to focus on here. Because it is also unclear whether or not Heim like how long Heimerdinger has been in Piltover. He could have been there for only like 10, 20 years. Maybe he's been there for centuries. It's very unclear how long Heimerdinger has been present in the city. So it's unclear how much he has had influence over the city as a whole. Based on the fact that we see there is in the canon lore that Heimerdinger is credited for really pushing the boundaries of technology in Piltover, and Piltover really respects him, that he's, he probably has been there for a very long time now, and that he may be one of the reasons that a lot of the modern Piltovian technologies that exist now are even exist. It's probably because of him in some manner or fashion. And why this isn't really important is... Depending on when he came into Piltover, it changes how much influence he actually has in that city and how much his own perspective and um, characterization like of this inventor, the scientist, has reflected onto the culture of Piltover, which would then reflect back onto him, which would then, you know, make him into more of what we know nowadays. So it's unclear how much Piltover has affected him as a Yordle and how much he has affected Piltover in his actions as the head professor of the University of Piltover. It's a bit unclear. And that's unfortunately just how the situation is with Heimerdinger right now, unfortunately. Like, he's his biography is literally one paragraph. It's not even a long paragraph. It's like three sentences. It's not a lot to work with. And the we only have one short story involving him, and it's just his, feel, it's just his little um, notes he's kept of his scientific progress, which are interesting because it does introduce that he has a relationship with the character Rumble in that, at least, or at least a hint at Rumble, more than likely. Uh, maybe it could be Ziggs as well, but it seems more likely it's Rumble, uh, which we'll cover Rumble when we uh, get to talking about Vandal City and some other aspects of that. But the point here is, 
is what I'm trying to get at is this whole idea of how much of this cultural aspect of Piltover being this technological advanced city impacts Heimerdinger's nature. Like That's why I'm having to do a lot of speculation here, because we just don't know. My best guess is likely Heimerdinger, since we already have evidence that he was already scientifically minded and kind of an inventor in Bandle City proper, that when he came to Piltover, it was fairly early on, and his already very scientifically minded and inventory nature helped influence Piltover at least a tiny bit into the hyper, into the much more advanced, technologically savvy, Magitech-centric city that it is today. And as a consequence, as that kept going and going, that those new aspects that didn't begin to branch out and become their own new thing, new culture began to develop around this, these scientific marvels and this idea of advancement and making a lot of money from the merchant clans and families, that those began to reflect back onto Heimerdinger. And it seems what has reflected back onto him is this pure nature of discovery. That is kind of what Heimerdinger has become, because as a Yordle, Yordles kind of represent the purest essence of a culture or of a of an aspect of a culture. Like, either it's the entirety of the culture or of a specific aspect of it. Like, back when we talked about Poppy and Demacia, I talked about how, Dem how Poppy is the embodiment of Dem what Demacia should be. Like, she is the true heart of what Demacia was meant to be. And Heimendinger is the same way in Piltover. He's this pure joy and love of invention and scientific discovery. And, but as we know with Piltover properly, it's this really classist society that looks down on others who don't have the means or the ability to, well, do what the people up in Piltover do. Like, they look down on the workers down in Zaun. They really don't like appreciate them in any way and therefore they treat them badly and that's why there's a big class divide between Piltover and Zaun. But Heimerdinger doesn't really have this in at least canon because in canon he is this pure embodiment of what Piltover is meant to be which is this scientific curiosity and discovery of new ways to use magitech to invent crazier and more bombastic inventions that will help supply needs for everyone. It's very much a more egalitarian view of, sci of scientific discovery and its import. And, yeah, it's just really fascinating that that's how, the nature of what Heimerdinger seems to be embodying as a character. But before we get into how that differs from his arcane iteration, which is going to be very interesting, we're going to take a quick break. If you want to help spread the show or simply get more content, you can follow the official Twitter at League of Lore 2, for updates on the podcast and other lore tidbits, as well as rate or follow the podcast on your podcatcher of choice. You can also follow my Twitch account, twitch.tv goldsoldiers, where I stream myself playing various games and discuss the lore and gameplay of those properties. Uh, specifically, I finally got my Jew GPU, so I'll be very much streaming more often now, and it's been a while for anyone who's been keeping track of my Twitch, but we're going to be getting right back into that now that I have the, the necessary hardware upgrades to really get back into it. I'm probably going to be streaming a lot of Destiny, uh, some League, obviously, and maybe even some uh, Final Fantasy XIV. I've been really getting into that game. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of interesting lore in there. So, anyways, uh, I just want to once again thank all of you guys who have been downloading and watching and listening to the show. Watching. But, anyways, I just really appreciate all of you. 
you have all really been helping motivate me to keep going, even with the delays, even with some things in life that's getting in the way, technological lim limitations that are causing me to have to make delays. I just appreciate all of you just stand standing by and just devouring the content as it comes out. I really, really, truly do appreciate that. And I'll keep pushing to try to put out more content more often when I can. And I just appreciate all of you for just being here and being so supportive. It just means a whole lot. But anyways, with that, let's get back to the show. Now, as I just described as Heimerdinger as this really pure embodiment of scientific discovery and an and invention in, as the true nature of what Piltover is meant to be, we're going to have to talk about how that differs from his arcane iteration. Because in Arcane, he is the, one of the founders of Piltover. That is who he is. He is a founder of Piltover. And he is a member on the ruling council in Piltover. He has a massive amount of political power behind him. But as the show goes on, we see that political power slowly gets stripped away from him as people realize he's kind of blind to the needs of the of the regular people because of his nature as this immortal yordle because as i kind of explained yordles are kind of immortal they're kind they have these really long lifetimes that seem to go on forever now whether or not yordles can be killed is a bit unclear there's evidence that they might be able to be killed there's evidence that they might not be and they might just like come back into his existence in Bandle city it's a bit unclear but the important part is that in Arcane, at least, they make it very clear that Heimerdinger is at least like 300, 400 years old. He's a very old Yordle. And he has been there at Piltover's founding since the Rune Wars in Arcane's canon. And how that differs from the Heimerdinger we see in canon. Because like I said, Yordles are meant to be these embodiments of the true nature of whatever culture they're in involved in. But in Arcane, it seems that Heimerdinger is less of that. Like, he's not as much as this super magical creature that's influenced by the culture surrounding him that changes, like, what his true nature is. It doesn't seem that's exactly the way he is in Arcane's canon. In Arcane's canon, it looks like he's meant to be more this embodiment of this pure desire to, for invention and stuff like that still. But... He's very cautious. He wants progress to take its time to have all the safety protocols put in place. Like, he's very much like, we should be temperate about these things. We should be very slow and thoughtful. He's meant to be the idea of the older generation thinking things should be done a certain way and time should be taken to let those things pan out. But because he's an immortal yordle, his lifespans are so long, he's able to see things on his broader perspective, but he's incapable of realizing that some needs need to be met more immediately. And because of that divide in his ability to perceive things, that's what eventually leads to him being voted off the council by Jace and the political machinations he's been working with. Because Heimerdinger should have had more political power because he was a founder, he's been there forever, he has been proven right more often than not, in some circumstances, at least that's the implication we get. But because of this inability to see the broader, like the broader things happening around him in the immediate, like the political machinations of the council, and Jace's rise to power, and the plight of the poor and the working class down in Zon, like all of that is why he gets voted off the council. 
he kind of had to be. Like, it's a really sad thing when we see him get voted off the council. But the show does a good job of making us both feel sorry that Heimerdinger is being voted off because Heimerdinger is kind of this grandfatherly figure. And we recognize that some of the things he says are correct. But we also recognize that Jace is right, too, in calling him out. That he has kind of refused to take active action in alleviating the problems between Piltover and Zahn. He's responsible for that. He founded the city. And the fact that there's still this massive classified, the fact that there's still all this tension and violence between the two city, between the twin city-states, like, I mean, Zahn's not a city-state and arcane, but you get my point. The fact that there's this massive divide between these two sections of the city shows how much Heimerdinger has failed as a leader of the city. A founder of the city should have been able to recognize these issues and fix them as time went on, especially for someone who lived such a long lifetime. That should have been something he was capable of doing. But he was so blinded by just, ooh, scientific discovery, ooh, invention, ooh, this, ooh, that. And that's all I care about, that he forgot the broader perspective, which kind of is an embodiment of how much the, the rich and powerful in Piltover just don't even think about the plight of the people in Zaun until the Zonites get a little rambunctious and start saying, hey, we deserve to have more rights. And then they start noticing when violence occurs because of police action, causing whole star, whole lot of stuff with the enforcers and all that stuff. And this is a whole mess, as we know in Arcane. But the point is, that is so different from canon Heimerdinger. Like I said, there is no real council of leaders and canon Piltover, as far as we are aware, there is like some sort of leadership apparatus involving the various clans and families in Piltover, but Heimerdinger is not part of that. He's just the head professor of the University of Piltover. That's it. That's as far as we understand his power reaches. He has a great amount of influence in the terms of the technology and the inventions he creates, but there's not a lot of political power outside of the influence he has in the university itself, as far as we know. And so it really changes the perspective of Kane Heimerdinger versus Arcane Heimerdinger, where we can put a lot more blame on Arcane Heimerdinger about the, the, the projection of where Piltover eventually went in terms of its relation with Piltover and what we would know as Zahn, or the lanes in Arcane. And how he's in canon, where it's a bit more unclear how much influence he really has on the city, and where it's more likely the city has had a lot of influence on him, and he's becoming this like, sort of pure embodiment of what Piltover and even Zahn could be. And because of that, it's really, really fascinating how this these difference between the two. And I'm really fascinated to see where Riot eventually takes the story of Heimerdinger in relationship to Piltover and Zahn eventually. Because if they begin to translate more of Arcane's lore into canon lore, I would be really fascinated by that because that would completely change how we view Heimerdinger in current canon versus how he is in Arcane. Like, a lot of the card lore we have in Legends of Terror would have to be vastly changed or at least updated to reflect the current situation of Piltover and Zahn or the past situation and how that evolved into its current iteration. And how Heimerdinger reflects in that. Like, why is he the professor of the University of Piltover in canon in the way he is now? Because I believe he's also, he is also a professor in Arcane. That is a still thing. He's still a professor, probably, of the University of Piltover in Arcane. 
But because he has this massive amount of increased political power because of being a founder and being a member of the council and being basically a leader of the council, it changes a lot of things in terms of how Heimendinger's character has to be digested and how, like, all that affects things. Like, it's just really, really interesting. And we'll just have to wait and see, like, how all that plans out. Yeah, just, it's just really fascinating to think about and how Arcane influences canon and how canon's going to influence Arcane eventually. And how Heimendinger is, like, stuck in this interesting gray space in terms of those two properties where his characterization is so vastly different between the two. But in some ways, it's the same. Heimendinger is still an embodiment, even in Arcane, of what Piltover is. Because what Piltover is in Arcane is this technologically advanced, scientifically minded society that is a blind to the problems that this advancement has caused for those who are not in power. He is that. And it's not until he goes to Zahn or goes to the lanes and she sees the turmoil, the detritus, the horrible living conditions of the poor and the desperate in the lanes that he realizes how wrong he is. And that's what Piltover needs as well. It's a really fascinating thing to think about of how, even though it's unclear how much Heimendinger is like this pure embodiment of what Piltover is meant to be, as he is in canon. But there's still some of that in there. Like There's still some of that influence in Heimendinger as this representation of the heart of Piltover. And I just think it's really, really fascinating. But, having said all of that, if you have any questions or thoughts, please send them in your reviews on your podcatcher of choice, or to lorevroomterra at gmail.com. You can also send them through the Discord channel, League of Lore, on the Robots Radio Network Discord, and they'll be answered next episode. And, speaking of next episode, we're going to be covering another character from Arcane, and one whose characterization is maybe even more vastly different from what we see in canon, although there may be some reasons for that, we'll see. But, it is time to talk about Jace, the Defender of Tomorrow. See you all then. How well do you know your video game lovers? Have you ever wondered how your video game bays stack up against all the other delectable digital dates? I'm Genesis, the girl whose motto in life is love, laugh, tequila. And on Two Girls, One Ship, we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. And I'm Vervada, the hopeless romantic cat lady and lifelong gamer. But you should know that our podcast centers on character and romance analysis and doesn't shy away from exploring the fun of physical connection. Or from the deep emotional connections built between two characters, using specific in-game dialogue and the overall narrative journey. So join the two girls, one ship, shipsters, and remember... Beauty is in the eye of the controller.